following is a message from Living Waters Church in Elk River, Minnesota. For more information, visit livingwatersmn.org. So we have been in over this last month, and we're going to into the, the month to come. We've been talking about and kind of defining discipleship, which I promise is not as boring as it sounds. Um, but we felt like, like the Lord was just calling us to step into a deeper discipleship in this season, to step into really what Luke was talking about. There's a dimension of discipleship that he is drawing us into a reality to it that, that I believe that he's inviting us into in this time. And, and so we're really leaning into that. Really, it's, it's the, I think I can say, it, it is the primary mission of our relationship with Jesus and our relationship to the world is to be a disciple and to make disciples. That's the, that is the purpose of the church. It's the purpose of, of, of us um, stepping into the belief of you know, the prayer that, that Rick just had me pray and um, is that. And so I think it's important and we wanna lean into the reality of that. We wanna lean into the fresh invitation to a greater intentionality and more importantly, a greater intimacy in our discipleship with Jesus because that's really the invitation that he's making to us today. I feel like for me in this season, we, we've been talking about discipleship being uh, following. It's really about following Jesus. And in this season, the Lord is showing me in my time with him places where I have stopped following. <laughs> now, don't be scared. That doesn't mean I'm like backsliding or whatever, but kind of. <laughs> um, but but it, there's these, these places where he's saying, did you realize that you've kind of started making your own way here and you've stopped following me in this? Did you realize that you kind of think you know the destination and you've created a set of, of patterns and rules and ways to get there and you've stopped following me? Do you know one of the reasons I'm realizing that the most? Parenting. I have decided that I know the intended result of parenting. I know the destination of parenting. I've done it. We have four kids. Two of them are successfully married and have children. We did pretty good. I mean, the other two are good too. They're just not at that point. Just saying. Didn't, needed to clarify that. But, but I've kind of decided I know how to do that. I know what the intended destination is. And he said, yeah, but you stopped following me in your parenting and the discipleship of what it means to represent me in that. And so I'm having to come back into this place. Do you know the first thing I start to do when I feel like, oh, I'm not, I'm not quite making the mark in that area is I buy a book. How many of you buy a book? When you go, I want to be better at, I want to step into a, you buy a book. Or you do a Google search. How many of you do that? Or you find somebody on social media that seems to be doing it really well and you follow them. 
right? Oh, that hurts a little. And so the Lord is, is inviting me into a deeper discipleship in these different areas where he has uh, shown me that I've stopped following and I've started charting my own course. The other thing is that as I'm hearing the invitation to follow me, he's helping me see what the obstacles are to me following him in my life. I think Luke spoke to it, that concept of hearing the voice of God drawing us into something. And when we don't yield to it, it feels like it gets quieter the next time. And it gets quieter the next time. And there's places where I have heard the Lord say, follow me into this, follow me into this. And I've walked away knowing I had an opportunity not to do the thing. I had an opportunity to be with him in something he was doing. And I missed it, and I've grieved over it. I've talked about this before. And I've said, please don't stop asking me. Please don't stop inviting me to step into that with you. But the reality is, I become a little more deaf to that voice. And so I'm practicing what it looks like to follow. This morning, this morning during worship, during the, the Yahweh song, um, an oldie but a goodie, um, during that song, I kept seeing a picture of Jesus dancing up here, up front, and dust being kicked up everywhere. And remember, if you were here uh, two weeks ago, we talked about there was a saying in Jesus' day that said, may you be covered in the dust of your rabbi. And what it meant was, may you walk so close to Jesus that his dust would be all over you because you're walking so close. And I thought in that moment, because I'm in the front row. Did you notice that? I notice every single Sunday. And I thought... I don't really want to dance. But I felt like he was inviting me. He literally said, come get in my dust. And for me, I don't think it mattered. I don't think like my relationship with God would fall apart if I didn't honor that in that moment. But something in me went, I want to be obedient in this and get covered in his dust. I want to step into what he's doing right now as we're proclaiming who he is. And I did, to whatever degree I can. I did. And I feel like that's the call to him. And it's, he says, it's easy. It's easy. It's, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That was pretty easy. I mean, really. You guys all still like me, and I didn't fall or anything. Or, but, but there was something in that where, in my heart, I went, I don't want to miss an opportunity to be doing what you're doing right now. And it was just, a, it was him inviting me into it. So <clears throat> when, we, when I looked at the concept of being a disciple a couple weeks ago, part of what I did was, talk about what it meant when we're reading scripture, I think it's important to sometimes understand what did it mean to those people in that day? What did it mean when Jesus walked by the seaside and said, follow me? And so we talked about the reality of kind of the cultural um, basis for discipleship, that that was something that already existed. 
And I think it's important. I can tell you that I felt like what Jesus was inviting us into was knowing him more. And here's, here's the thing in my heart after, the, after that service was done and throughout the week is that I thought, I hope that not for one minute did anybody listen to that and become attracted to the information of it and become attracted to the knowledge of it. But Jesus, did it actually help us to know you more? Did it actually help us to see the beauty of what you're calling us into more? And so I want to encourage you in that. I've had lots of discussions with people over the last couple of weeks about you know, different questions you know, well, so if he was a rabbi, then how come in that one place he's called a carpenter? And, and, and it's good. We want to have those questions. And primarily, this is where I go when I have those questions. So it's important to me that I appreciate the word that the Lord brought through that, but the purpose of it was for us to, to see Jesus more and to want to step into the fullness of what it means to be a disciple, not just for the sake of information, but for intimacy. So I want us to, to really consider what does it look like to be intentional about being discipled by Jesus? Because I think we talked about, it's about following him, right? We, we talked about in that day when he called the disciples to him, it, this is what it meant to them, this is what it meant. This is what it meant that he had, he had studied and he knew the word and he could preach the word with authority and you know all the things we talked about. If you missed that, I'd encourage you to listen back with the intention of knowing Jesus more. <laughs> but, but so we talked about all of that piece, but it's sort of a, that's great. They had a flesh and blood Jesus to follow. They had a flesh and blood Jesus that they ate with, that they, they saw speak and heard his voice and felt his touch. And they had that, you know, so, so this is what it meant for the disciples to follow Jesus. But what does it look like for us to be intentional in that when our discipleship is really from the inside out? What does that look like? Well, I think one of the first pieces that I want to talk about is that it is a decision. It is a decision, but it's not a one-time decision. It's a daily decision. It's a daily decision that I'm making that I'm going where you're going. So when he called Simon, Simon Peter and Andrew to him, and James and John and Matthew and all the others that I can't remember right now, because they don't get as much play in the Bible. Um, when he called them to him, they, they made a decision in the moment, but then they didn't just like go back to their lives after that. They'd made a decision every day that they were going to continue to follow him. It was a daily decision. And, and they probably didn't know all that it entailed. They kind of had an idea of what they thought. Can I clear this little piece up? Um, I don't think it matters, but maybe it matters because it's coming to mind, so Lord, make it matter. So uh, Simon and Andrew, 
And in the account, we see, you know, they're, they're at the seaside, and Jesus says, follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. But we need to know that in another place in the word, Andrew actually saw Jesus be baptized. And Andrew believed Jesus to be the Messiah because of what he witnessed when Jesus was baptized. So I want to, for, for just a second, help us get out of just the human thought, because we landed there pretty heavily in, the, in when I taught a couple weeks ago, just the human thought that they were following someone that they knew to be a good teacher. Now, for some of them, that might have been true. But Andrew saw Jesus be baptized heard the voice of God thunder from heaven and the dove rest upon him and what John proclaimed about him and he believed him to be the Messiah. So they knew that there was something different about this rabbi than all the other rabbis that had gone before. Simon, who became Peter, he, we, we know the story of, um, well, we'll review the story, of, so they're fishing, 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 they're catching no fish, and Jesus walks by, and he says, hey, can I use your boat to, to speak to the multitudes and whatever? And then he tells Peter, throw the net in on the other side, and Peter goes, listen, do I tell you how to preach? No, he didn't say that, but kind of he did. I'm a fisherman, I know, you know, whatever, but he did it, and, and this amazing miracle happened, and he brought in a catch that couldn't even be contained by, by the boat. And Jesus said, follow me and I'll make you a fisher of men. So there is a supernatural encounter that God wants, that Jesus wants to have and has with us in the moment. It, to some degree, it's what Rick described when he was talking with these young men and they're just reading, you know, make yourself real to me. And he's experiencing the reality of who Jesus is. This is why it's important that we're not just connected to the concept of discipleship, but the true supernatural nature of discipleship. So, so anyway, I'm not sure what that has to do with anything, except that it's important for us to know that Jesus was not like any other rabbi. It became apparent to those who followed him that he was the son of God, that he was the Christ that he was the Messiah. It's interesting, the story um, where John the Baptist, who had been heralding the way of the coming Messiah, and, and he sent his disciples, because he had disciples, um, he sent his disciples to talk to Jesus and say, John asks, are you the one, or shall we wait for another? And then Jesus responds, Tell him the blind see, the deaf hear, the lame walk, you know, all of that. And what's interesting about that is John and Jesus were talking in code <laughs> in that time. It wasn't, Je it wasn't Jesus going, well, look at what I'm doing. What, what, what do you think? You know, it was actually John, when he was asking, are you the one, the, the language that he's using is coming out of uh, Old Testament prophecy. And Jesus responds to him in kind and quotes from Old Testament prophecy to say these things are happening. Isn't that cool? It's like a secret language. 
And, and that's how John knew. Anyway, again, I don't know why that matters. I just think it's cool. So as it relates to our stepping into discipleship and what that looks like for us and it being a daily decision, here's what that looks like in, a, in our daily lives. I think sometimes what we're looking for is the to-do list of what discipleship looks like. I've read scripture for half an hour. I prayed for 20 minutes. I shared my faith with somebody, I, whatever. And that's not what discipleship looks like because discipleship is a lifestyle of following. And so here's the decision that I'm making every day in response to the invitation of Jesus. He says, come. Come. So the, the call, when he says, come to me, all you are heavy laden. Take my yoke on you, it's easy. But that word, come to me or whatever, is the same word that he gave to Peter and Andrew when he said, come follow me. Come. It means literally walk with me, draw near to me, be with me. And what we need to recognize is just as in the beginning, a lot of times we believe that when someone first comes to Christ, they can come just as they are. In fact, that's the song we play, just as I am, or something like that, right? That was bad. But that's the song we play, just as you are. And, and we say, yes, you can come. And then something happens, and we begin to think, I can no longer come just as I am. And, and we, we don't respond to the daily drawing of Jesus to come just as we are. So I yelled at my kids, come. I'm struggling in my faith, come. I'm having trouble in this area of sin, come to me. I'm not really sure what I believe right now, come to me. I'm really, really bitter and disappointed and angry with you. Come to me. That's a daily discipleship, that we respond to that invitation. But Jesus, it's been a long time. Come to me. But I'm not really sure that I know what to do. I don't know. I mean, I really don't quite get the Bible, and I'm not very good at praying. Come to me. Come to me. I'll show you. That's discipleship. That's a decision that we make every day that I'm going to come to you just as I am. <laughs> I'm not going to wait until I think I, I have a better Bible reading regimen or I'm better at praying or I'm not having sin issues or I'm, you know, feel like it. <laughs> I'm going to respond to the invitation to come just as I am. I love the song we sang this morning, I will rest in your faithfulness. Come to me, all who are heavy laden. Take my yoke on me, on you. You will find rest for your soul. Why? Because my coming is dependent on his faithfulness, not on my faithfulness. Do you know all other yokes, 
all of our other yokes of, of pursuing God, of following God, really were dependent on the faithfulness of the person following it. How, what, how good am I at following and keeping the law and doing the things? And no, this, he says, no, you can rest in my faithfulness. I come to his faithfulness. So the, the first thing we do daily is we come. And that come, I have often pictured it, honestly, I've separated come to me all you who labor from come to me and I'll make you fishers of men or come with me, come follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. I've separated that. You can't do it because they're the same word. They're just translated differently in English. It's the same word. It's walk with me. But you can walk with me and still be in rest. Rest, that word, to cease from labor, to recover one's strength. We can rest in his faithfulness and stop trying so hard. I think the intentionality of it comes in prioritizing that. The intentionality comes in in saying, I'm gonna respond to the, the invitation of Jesus to come, even though I don't have some plan about what that's gonna look like. And we'll talk a little bit about that you know, some ways that we can come to him and encounter him. But it's important that it's more about our posture of coming. The, the other piece of that, as it relates to coming to him, it means there are some things that I will have to leave behind to come and to follow and so there's, there's a place where sometimes we, we want Jesus to come with us. <laughs> come with me and where I'm going. And is he present in that? Absolutely. But to me, it's deciding I'm going where he's going today. I'm, I'm walking with him. I'm not asking him to walk with me. And so one of the things that we, we are drawing near daily, but one of the other things we're doing is we're dying daily. This one's not as much fun. I almost scribbled it out and just moved on. <laughs> but, but again, we can do this because of his faithfulness. There's several places in the Gospels where Jesus says, whoever, uh, whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and for the gospel will save it. That was Matthew 10, 39, Mark 8, 35. There's this reality of coming to him, following him, I think sometimes we can hear, come to me, all you who labor, and we feel like we can just go and get our little hug from Jesus and then go on with the rest of what we're gonna do for the day. 
And he's calling us into a depth that says, in order to come and follow me, there's some things you're not going to be able to follow. There's some ways you're not going to be able to walk in. And classically, what happens in discipleship is we start focusing on, these are all the ways I'm not going to walk in. I'm not going to do this. 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 And what discipleship I'm walking this way, so this is actually kind of irrelevant to me. This is because I've died to that way, and I'm walking this way. And, and that's when we talk about daily dying, to me, that's what that is. It's saying, I have been crucified in Christ, and I've been raised up in a new life. That's what we celebrated with baptism I believe, we, we talked about the reality of, of being um, united with Christ in the, the burial, the death, the burial, and then the resurrection. I believe all of us, whether we were there or not, there was something released. I died more last Sunday, even though I didn't get baptized, because there was something happening corporately as, and, and it was happening in these people that were being baptized. Thank you for leading the way in that. But there was something for all of us where there's something that we are dying to so that we can step into the fullness of what he's doing and, and what he's leading us in. That's the invitation that he makes to us every day. So here's what I was thinking last week. Stop trying and start dying. There was something in, yes, isn't that great? There was something like, I'm trying so hard to be a disciple. No, just die to that way and live to this way and pursue him in that. And recognize that really it's something that's already happened in our lives. Let's look at... um, I think Matthew 19, 29. This is going to be a two-parter for sure. Okay. But here's the reality that when he's asking us to die to something, to, to some degree, are you willing to die to your dreams and your desires? and your, That's a daily process that happens. Does that mean I never get to do anything that I want? No, because my desires begin to become his desires. I remember saying to my dad once, um, because I wanted to, to go on this mission trip, and I just, I just knew, like, the, I want to do this. And, and I said, but, you know, I don't know why I should think that I get to do this, because everybody wants to do this. And my dad says, no, no, everybody does not want to do that. And he affirmed in me, he said, why do you think that you can say to Jesus, make my desires your desires, and that your desires wouldn't start being his desires? That you wouldn't start to delight in the way of the Lord? Can we stop thinking that dying to self means we have to hate life? Or that we never get to do anything we want to do. No, it just means that our desires now line up with where he's going and what he's doing. And there's so much delight in that. Yeah. He knows the way for your life. So it's okay. 
I can surrender those dreams. There's some of them he's going to hand back to me and go, yeah, we're doing this together. But I do that daily. Because otherwise, I start to plot a course to a destination and I stop following. We decided that wasn't the way to do it. So, um, yeah, time management, not my gifting. Oh, let's read Matthew. Did we read this? We didn't read this. Matthew 29, uh, 19, 29. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or life, wife or children or lands for my name's sake, in, in Mark it says, for the gospel, shall receive a hundredfold and inherit in eternal life. In Mark it says, shall relieve, receive a hundredfold in this life and inherit eternal life. We need to recognize that that death to self, that death to that way, and fully pursuing this way is an upgrade. It is, it is the abundant life that Jesus talked about. It is, it is not drudgery. It, it is the fullness of life, a hundredfold. So whatever I die to here, a hundred times better here, walking with him. Amen? Amen. The third piece that I'm going to get to today is that we, when we decide daily, so we daily decide, I'm going to come to him, I'm going to draw near to him. Daily, I'm going to die. I'm going to surrender and, and make sure that I'm fully surrendered to, to where he's going. And daily, I'm choosing to be defined by him. And that means primarily in my identity. <laughs> I'm choosing to be defined by what he says. Behold, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. So I'm choosing every day to be defined by that reality. That's the intentionality that we have. That's the intimacy that we have. How do I be defined by that reality? How did, how did Peter and James and John and all the other ones, how did they know who they were? They sat with him and he told them. He told them things about who they were. Well, they went, well, yeah, but who's going to be the greatest? He let that part of their identity go and he spoke truth about who they were and what he was calling them to. That, that closeness as they near, drew near to him they spoke those things to him, or he spoke those things to them. And what, so that's a piece of it, the identity being defined by what he says. That's what discipleship looks like. Doesn't matter what my mom said, what my dad said. Sometimes they spoke truth. I mean, we, we know when those words echo the words of what God says to us. But we're going to find our identity in him. But another part of being defined by him is that we're going to be defined by his way. <laughs> we're going to be defined by the way that, that he's uh, asking us to live. We're going to define what we see in the world around us by what he said. That's true discipleship. And one of the things that we see, there's a, a quote 
that I apologize. I don't remember where it's from, but I know it's a quote from a pastor that I uh, heard at a leadership conference. He said, we have created a Christianity that's void of true discipleship. And in the vacuum of genuine spiritual formation, people have found a ghost discipler that has deeply shaped them. It's secularism. So when we refuse to let Jesus define how we're going to interact with God and how we're going to interact with the world around us, we're being discipled by something different. And so we want to press into what does it mean to let Jesus define us in this? That our rabbi defines the ideal life and how to live it. We trust his definition. We organize our lives around his way of life, around what he says and how we are to walk. But again, this has to come through not just adopting a set of principles, but through adopting a lifestyle of following him. There's things sometimes that I'll play through like, Jesus, well, what if this happens? What if this happens? What if this happens? And he comes back and says, you'll follow me. You'll follow me in it. Because what I want is I want like a little handy dandy guide that goes, okay, if this happens, you're going to do that. Okay. And to some degree, we have that. But this discipleship, which we're going to talk more next week, this discipleship that happens through the Holy Spirit, that's how we can walk with Jesus the same way the disciples walked with Jesus only from the inside out because he left the one to follow with us, in us. Okay. So we are gonna, uh, next week I'd like to talk some more about what that looks like both in being a disciple, but we're also going to talk about what it looks like in making disciples, which is what, what the, the uh, commission to, to us is as believers and how those two things actually, um, they, they need to be happening synonymously. They need to be happening at the same time. How do we do that? How do we walk that out? How do we disciple a generation that's coming. Uh, next week, we're going to take an opportunity to pray for our kids because it's the start of a new school year. And um, so we're going to look at that. Let's pray. <laughs> Seems like a really good plan. <laughs> Jesus, we thank you for the invitation that you're making to us. We thank you for the invitation to draw near. We ask that we would respond to that voice on the daily, that we would choose a time and a place and a space to draw near and prioritize that so that we can walk throughout the rest of our day knowing your nearness. We thank you for the invitation to die so that we can live the fullness of life with you. We thank you for the invitation to be defined by you by what you say about us, to be defined as new creations and to 
uh, partner with you in establishing your kingdom on the earth through that. We want to lean into that invitation with intentionality and we want to lean into the intimacy with that. So we ask that you would be, uh, as we follow you, you would be the instructor in what that looks like for each person. That as we draw near and we say, but I don't know how, that we would trust you to show us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. To learn more about us, please visit livingwatersmn.org. Thank you.